Hi, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. My name is Deb Crow, and I will be your host. Join me on this journey as we meet heart-centered leaders from all over the globe. Lots of interesting questions, interesting conversation, and find out what makes a leader. How do they handle uncertainty and complexity? How do they lead in a time that is volatile? Join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And when I was making my list of 100 heart-centered leaders, this gentleman was uh, within the top 10. I've uh, had the privilege to get to know him in the last year. And I am happy to introduce to you Peter Devlin. Let me tell you a little bit about Peter. He was appointed Fanshawe College fifth president, effective September of 2013. And prior to joining Fanshawe, President Devlin had served 35 years in the Canadian Armed Forces, and he retired commanding the Canadian Army at the rank of Lieutenant General. He has several UN, NATO, and coalition tours and awards, including the Orders of Military Merit from the United States, Brazil, and Colombia, as well as the Canadian Meritorious Service Cross France's National Order of the Legion of Honor and Commander of the Canadian Order of Military Merit. So, Peter, welcome to the show. Um, Well, thank you very much, Deb. I'm tremendously honoured to be with you. Peter, I could go on for another 10 minutes about your awards and accolades and your building of community, but I think that that is going to be shown throughout our interview. So I'm going to start with my first leadership question, if you're ready. I'm all set, Deb. All right. So what transferable skill from the military do you feel serves you now in your role as president of Fanshawe College? That's a wonderful question. So the military, um, like Fanshawe College, is all about people. And so I'm tremendously proud um, to have spent 35 years um, in the Canadian Forces and have commanded our army. And our army is uh, filled with uh, magnificently devoted, skilled, compassionate Canadian soldiers that carry our values um, in their hearts uh, as they go about business. And um, it was that respect for people um, that I think um, has assisted me in the transfer from the military to Fanshawe College, where again, we're a group, we're a team of people uh, that have great skills, are passionate about students, and want to share their experiences and their wisdom to allow students to have their potential unlocked and to allow them to achieve their dreams. Well, I love that. And I love kind of the association or metaphor that whether it's an army or a college full of students or a board of directors, you are a builder of community. And I think that lends such a great deal to your heart-centered leadership. So I certainly see that in you as a person and in what I've seen in your leadership. So thanks for sharing that. 
What led you to pursue being an executive in the academic sector when you decided to uh, leave the Canadian Armed Forces? So I had had a wonderful career, um, very rewarding, and it was time to move on. Um, I was seeking a challenge, I was seeking to be fulfilled professionally and personally. Um, and I also uh, um, enjoy being around, around people. And you know, Deb, I, I would have spent 35 years in the military where I would have used the word train. So I would have spent uh, I, I just an enormous amount of time and energy training Canadian soldiers. And the word that's very similar to that is educate. And so I, I am now in the education world. Um, but there are, I'm surrounded by people that have all the all the experience and the knowledge of how to do that in a fabulous way. Um, and, and so I think there are way more similarities than there are differences um, between the Army and Fanshawe College. And it allowed me to, uh, to, to, to um, easily um, step from one team into another team and be fulfilled. Well, it's so beautiful to see your comparison of looking for your next challenge and that you wanted it balanced both personally and professionally. So I want to ask you an additional question because what did it feel like in the Canadian Armed Forces when you achieved and got to the rank of Lieutenant General? What reflection did you have? What did you look back on? Just kind of share with the listeners that the feelings and emotions you had when you had reached that rank. I think, Deb, that more than anything else, there was a sense of great pride. Um, pride in um, wearing and having worn for a significant period of time our nation's flag on my shoulder, um, which is um, a powerful, powerful symbol of freedom and democracy and Canadian values, and it's highly respected around the world. Um, I, I think of the many soldiers that, uh, that touched me and um, allowed me to grow, um, mentored me, schooled me, um, and taught me. Um, and the experiences um, of of um, being next to Canadian soldiers, um, doing uh, what our nation asked us to do, whether it was peacekeeping, whether it was some type of stability, or whether it was a combat type role, um, all different, all unique, uh, all challenging. And it's just an enormous sense of, of, of pride to, uh, to be able to command our, our army wearing our nation's flag. Well, it's certainly commendable, and I, I can only imagine the level of success that you felt. And I noticed the commonality with you, Peter, is you mentioned the word people. And I know as a heart-centered leader, leader, it's always the collective we. It's about a team. And that's obviously evident in your career success. My next question is, what imperfection, and you may have more than one, I'm happy to hear, do you feel has really helped you become the leader you are today? So there's a long list 
of imperfections. I, um, uh, so putting people at the center of, um, of what I've had the privilege of, of doing is a strength that's also a challenge at times. Um, you know, every single person is unique. Um, I try to respect that. Um, and I have grown to believe um, that respect is, uh, is central to an organization's success. And while I would have grown up, Deb, believing that uh, respect was something that is earned, um, and that would have been from my folks, I have come to uh, appreciate that respect is given. Um, and when it is given, uh, people will seldom disappoint you. Um, but I have a tough time saying no. And I think that that is um, a bit of a weakness uh, and imperfection that at times has, uh, has been a challenge. Um, and in the military, uh, while sometimes you have to say no, when, it, when there is great challenge or threat, it, it's also important to um, get on with business and get on with dealing with, with that threat. And so I, I think there's also been times um, where there hasn't been as collaborative an opportunity as one would have hoped. So um, I have many, um, but, but I think um, uh, sometimes um, finding it difficult to say no um, has not allowed the speed or the success um, to be achieved at the same rate or at the same level as I would have hoped. Well, I'm, I'm so happy that you shared that because I've interviewed other leaders and it's been a common imperfection, if you will. And have you ever kind of sat back and thought about why you tend to not to say no? Do you think that's coming with work experience? Do you think it comes with maturity? Or do you think you just have to draw the line in the sand and, and start saying no to some things just to have that balance in life? Um, I think it's a combination of, of all. I think decisions that revolve around people are, um, are, are, are the hardest. I think, you know, another, um, another important element of leadership is tied to courage. But I think that um, courage is not about, um, in a military context, uh, um, not about charging the machine gun nest. Um, courage is is about having difficult conversations with people. It's um, I, that that is the hardest thing for for me is um, when things aren't quite right, having the courage uh, to have those difficult conversations. And so I said, well, it's it, it's hard. Uh, um, I, I think that. Um, I think I do it when it's necessary, but it's certainly something that um, I don't look forward to. But I think it's important for leaders to have a, a level of courage uh, to deal with the hardest thing, and that hardest thing is normally tied to people. Well, absolutely. Human capital is, is hard, and one of the reasons I named the podcast Imperfect was 
you know, having these conversations around leadership with leaders around the globe and having that openness and vulnerability and sharing that sometimes leadership is hard and having those hard conversations is hard, but usually having that courage, like you said, in those difficult conversations is usually when the magic happens. It's usually when we're in the valley. I use that metaphorically that greatness is usually just around the corner. So thank you for sharing that. Can you share with the listeners how your leadership has changed or evolved as the president of Fanshawe as you have worked through COVID-19 and just all the different things that we've seen since March of this year? Uh, so I think that the um, I think that the principles um, that have guided me as an individual and um, perhaps as a leader haven't changed too much. Um, I, I, my approach is uh, that I, um, I respect people. Uh, I trust them. Um, I understand that everybody is unique and different. Um, organizations um, do crave leadership, do crave direction. And in in times of adversity, um, they need they need it even more. And if COVID is one of those times, I think that it has been an opportunity um, to uh, um, grab the the COVID challenges um, to provide the direction that Fanshawe College was looking for, uh, and I mean the marvelous team that is Fanshawe College. Um, and uh, the speed at which we at which we moved, um, and so for us, within a week we had moved um, our over 200 programs. The vast majority of them moved online, and we developed a plan to complete the delivery of that winter semester um, this summer. So um, I, I I think that it has been um, the same guy. In a, instead of being in a uniform, being in a suit most of the time, but having had COVID um, and believing that adversity is, uh, is a powerful tool that brings people together, COVID or a, a powerful opportunity, COVID provided that opportunity for Fanshawe to unite, um, welcome direction, um, all with the view of caring for students. Well, I love that. And I've had so many conversations with leaders and some of my executive coaching clients, and they've seen it as an opportunity. And it's just interesting to me as I'm listening to you talk, uh, you're saying about the principles, and I can only imagine the lateral thinking you must have had as a member of our military and now all the skills from crisis management again that you can transfer into your role as president of Fanshawe College. There certainly were some and uh, um, I think that the Fanshawe College team responded brilliantly. Uh, um, you know we did have um, an emergency operations group um, th that quickly assembled the level of commitment was remarkable, Deb, um, and I saw that passion shine through 
and the commitment to um, caring for students, delivering, making sure that they're the quality of academic delivery that Fanshawe is known for remained front and center and wasn't compromised. Well, and I kudos to you and I want to congratulate you on that and your leadership. And like you said, just all of the deliverables and challenges that you had. And I think that that allows you to kind of sit back and pause as a leader when you see your, your staff and your team unfold or unpack things that you plan for that you hope will not happen. But like we've seen this year with this pandemic with COVID-19, you know that all of the logistics were in place. So that must have been um, kind of a fun time to just have you sit back and view that with a different set of eyes, seeing that everything unfolded just like it was planned. It, 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 certainly, it certainly was. I, I also believe that um, um, those that lead are, are more successful when they um, share their intent and um, get out of the way and uh, allow those who you trust and respect to, uh, to, to jump forward and grab the reins and, and um, just do fantastic things. Uh, um, so intent is important um, along with trust um, and respect. Well, I definitely think that they're in the in the list of many of the core leadership skills that you possess. So I, uh, I'm not surprised that things have gone as well as they have. So congratulations again. I like to uh, have some fun at the end of the podcast. And I want to ask you what I call the fab four. These are just fun questions and it's whatever's sitting on the top of your mind, Peter. So my, fir my first question is, if I had to ask you to give me one word to describe 2020, what would that one word be? Um, that's a great question. I, I, I think 2020 up until now has been defined um, by COVID. And so it was... Um, uh, something th that has just uh, just caused the entire world to uh, have to make adjustments. It certainly has caused Fanshawe College to make some uh, uh, some ad adjustments. Um, I think many of them are powerful, good um, ad adjustments. So there is there is goodness that has come out of COVID. Um, there's also a tremendous amount of sadness that has has come out of it too. But I, I think it has. It has touched us all, all of our lives, our routines, work, um, family. And uh, so COVID would be the word that I would pick. Okay. Okay, my second question is, because I know you've been happily married for 35 years, and I know you have four children. What do you want your legacy to be? Wow. I... Um, would hope that I would be remembered as uh, this respected, caring, uh, people-centered leader. Um, that that would be that would be my dream, um, and I hope that not only my family would have seen that. Uh, my family, by the way, it's moved all over the world with me, 
um, and were super supportive. I think they too have a level of resilience and, and wisdom that has come from having lived in different countries um, and having shared a bunch of different experiences together as a family. Oh, that's beautiful. I can tell you that I know your legacy will be that you will be remembered as a respected people, heart-centered leader, 100%. My uh, third question is, and this might be a hard one, so I might have to give you a couple of seconds. What memory from a tour that you did for the Canadian Army left you with a lesson learned or allowed you to maybe witness a heartfelt gesture? Which memory has kind of stayed with you and is something that is easily something that you reminisce on? So Deb, that's a very difficult question. Um, I would have gone into Sarajevo in 1992 um, as the Balkans was falling apart. Um, went in there under a UN flag, a, um, driving white vehicles and wearing a, uh, a blue helmet. Um, and that was when uh, I believe the world was, was, was changing. Uh, and so um, the wall had come down in 1989. And over the period of time between 89 and 92, there were, there were changes that were, that were taking place in the geopolitical landscape of, uh, of our wonderful world. Um, and so I would have led a group of about 250 Canadian soldiers that were part of my regiment, the Royal Canadian Regiment. Uh, we were attached to um, the Royal Vendizium Regiment. Um, and we went in there in a difficult time. Um, and so that would have been the first time where I had been shot at and bombed and things along those lines. But I remember um, vividly um, the response um, of Canadian soldiers that was uh, that was just wonderful because it had a level of care, compassion, skill, determination, uh, all rolled into uh, um, dealing with the threat, and this threat was all around civ a civilian population, um, and so there was this beautiful magical care for those that were not involved uh, um, and a precise, determined, confident ability to, um, to, to deal with, um, uh, um, with, with the folks that needed to be dealt with. And what a beautiful memory and, and thank you for uh, eloquently sharing that story with us. And again, uh, just a testament Peter, to your heart-centered leadership uh, has shone in all of the answers to the questions that I've asked. My last question is, I would love to know an item that's on your bucket list. <laughs> on my bucket list, wow. Um, so before COVID, we used to travel every now and then. Um, and so... Uh, um, I, I hope to, um, there's parts of Canada that I have yet to travel to. And so w uh, with, with, with my whole family, um, or at least with, with my wife. And so I still have 
uh, Deb, some parts of Canada that I need to see uh, next to my family because it is the most magnificent place on earth, um, filled with um, um, filled with Canadians. Um, that um, that, that, that uh, and it's this beautiful country, and so if I'm able to um, uh, visit a couple of spots that I have not been to with my family, that is on my bucket list of things to do. Well, I have to agree with you. It's on my bucket list too, and I agree with you. I think we live in an absolute beautiful country, and uh, we are far and wide. So I'm I'm hoping to to get to see the parts that that I've not seen yet as either. So I want to thank you for spending time with me today on the Imperfect Podcast, and just know that in the eyes of me and and many Londoners and. I'm sure many people around the world who got to know you and meet you, I want to thank you for being a heart-centered leader and uh, spending time with me today. I know you're a busy guy. Well, um, Deb, thank you. I'm usually honored to be on your, uh, on your podcast. Thank you for shining a light on leadership, um, particularly um, the need to have a big heart and to be understanding, compassionate. Uh, and put people first. So I'm I'm grateful and feel quite quite privileged to have been one of the of the few that you've invited. Well, thank you so much. I like to end my podcast with kind of five principles that I think how we should kind of view and live our life, and that is to follow your heart, have passion, do your best, know your truth, and always be in love with the journey. This is Deb Crow. Thanks for joining me today on Imperfect the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast.